After the US climate envoy John Kerry's visit to China, it's pretty clear that combating climate change is one of the places where the United States and China are going to try to find some common ground and common interests. So to get a readout on that meeting and China's climate plans for the future, we're on the line with our chief representative in Shanghai. From the US China Business Council in Washington, DC, I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Melinda Xu is our chief representative in Shanghai. Melinda, welcome back. Hi, Ian. Long time no see. Great to talk to you. All right. So President Biden's climate envoy, John Kerry, was in China last week. So what's your readout from Shanghai? As you said, Secretary Kerry stayed in Shanghai for three days and met his Chinese counterpart, Xie Zhenhua, and some other senior officials, including a virtual meeting with West Premier Han Zheng, who oversees China's climate and environmental issues. Actually, a quick follow-up. Why was the meeting in Shanghai and not Beijing? That is a good one. I actually don't know. We heard that the U.S. side proposed to visit Beijing, but um, got declined. I guess it's largely related to the rising tensions over other issues, such as Xinjiang, Hong Kong. And quarantine might be another factor. Anyone comes in contact with Kerry needs to quarantine for two weeks. And so then how did Chinese media report on this meeting? So Chinese officials and the state media noted Secretary Kerry's visit, but markedly played it down. Instead, focusing on presidency's meetings with French and German leaders. The U.S.-China joint statement is generally positive, which is a signal that climate change could be a rare area of collaboration in a strained relationship. President Xi is among those who have been invited to the climate summit by President Biden on the Earth Day, April 22nd. The agreement with Washington appeared to make his participation more likely. Chinese officials repeatedly said the two sides could and should cooperate on climate actions. However, China is also taking a prudent approach. As China's Deputy Foreign Minister Le Yucheng put it more bluntly on Friday, he said any cooperation with the U.S. must be on equal basis, and China is responding to climate change on its own initiative not because others ask it to. Le emphasized China's climate efforts and at the same time indicated U.S. is not exactly leading by example and suggested U.S. redouble its efforts to make up for the time lost after former President Trump withdrew from the Paris Agreement. And some domestic media reported that China should push the cooperation on climate issues not only with the U.S., but also the EU and other developing countries. Companies on the ground also pay um, close attention to the outcome of the meeting, especially for those clean energy solution providers. Some are eager to learn the role they can play in the climate cooperation, while more widely Many companies are hoping environmental cooperation is the area where there is still room for engagement and joint leadership for the two countries. So President Xi has made this pledge of hitting peak emissions before 2030 and then achieving carbon neutrality before 2060. Are are those even reasonable or possible goals? Well, it is quite ambitious. President Xi spoke in every strong term during the two sessions, uh, which was concluded in March. Decarbonization is a major task for the whole party. China's 14th five-year plan also introduces 
um, incremental goals for to reduce carbon emissions while um, increasing the mix of non-fossil fuels. However, it remains to be seen how efficient it can. The new five-year plan is very much an extension of the 13th five-year plan without introducing significant breakthroughs. For instance, China aims to reduce its carbon intensity, which is the amount of um, carbon emitted to produce $1 of GDP by 18% by 2025. This is less than the 18.8% CO2 intensity reduction during the 13th five-year plan period. If you um, look at the China's energy mix, coal supplied nearly 58% of China's total energy consumption in 2019, more than the rest of the world combined. The second largest fuel source um, was petroleum and related liquids, accounting for 20% of the country's um, energy consumption. Although China has diversified its energy supplies, clean energy such as hydrogen, nuclear power, and other renewables accounting for relatively small shares of China's energy consumption. And um, if, if you look at um, the use of non-fossil energy, China aims for 20% of its energy consumption to be derived from non-fossil fuels by 2025, which is only a modest increase from the current share of non-fossil fuels, which is 15.9%. Without advanced uh, transmission infrastructure in place, Solar and wind power are hard to deliver across the region. For example, in 2017, over 30% of the renewable power produced in Xinjiang and uh, Gansu was never used. And currently, China is also replacing coal with natural gas. Gas is classified as a transition fuel. So the demand probably will still go up in the next few years, likely to reach 15 to 20 percent. As policies leave room for continued use of fossil fuels over the next five years and limited clean energy alternatives, provinces are still over-investing in coal plant construction. China needs another um, decade of growth, and economic activities require fossil fuels, everything from packaging, chemicals. Um, so the oil demands is not going away anytime soon. Um, it would also need a top-down approach from presidency to coordinate different interests among stakeholders. So how about carbon trading? What, what does the carbon trading system look like? You know, what kind of policies and mechanisms are developing at the moment there? So China launched a carbon trading pilot project in, um, in 2011 in seven provinces and cities, including Beijing, Tianjin, Shanghai, Chongqing, Hubei, Guangdong, and Shenzhen. And we heard Guangdong's program is running pretty well, um, but others like in Beijing um, seems not so productive. Currently, um, Shanghai and Hubei are leading the construction of um, the national carbon trading system with the assistance of other pilot um, provinces and cities. The trading scheme covers 2,000 companies, mainly power plants, 
and、um, the trading is expected to go live by this June. What should companies be paying attention to then in advance of this? You know, what industries you know will carbon trading focus on first? So far, the only industry that is mandatorily subject to carbon emission limitation is power industry. China will expand this regulation coverage to more industries such as steel, cement, petroleum, and、um, chemical industry. Lai Xiaoming, the chairman of Shanghai Environment and Energy Exchange, said that around 10,000 emitters from energy-consuming industries like steel,、uh, petrochemical, and non-ferrous metals will be included in the scheme by 2025. The government will gradually tighten the assigned emission quotas to push、um, companies to save energy and cut emissions. But there's no absolute cap yet. It has an intensity-based target, so it's not that strict. Additionally, the average price、um, for the carbon is very low compared to Europe. Right now, the、um, carbon price per ton in China is 23 RMB. While、um, it is、um, around fifty dollars in U.S., so the impact、um, for companies is very limited. Moreover, how to calculate carbon、um, credit or emission will be a big question. The calculation is complicated, especially after introducing the concept of recyclable materials. Overall, companies need to be trained and prepared、um, for the day to come. You know, President Xi is setting a very high bar for the、um, provinces. Ministry of Energy and Environment are requiring provincial government to draft a 2030 carbon peak action plan by the end of this year. Different provinces are making their pledges and targets. Some regions are reaching their goal earlier. But if the measures are not so strict in the near term,、um, then it will have the risk of lifting up carbon emissions, making it harder to achieve carbon neutrality. It is possible that China will spell out energy consumption targets in greater detail later this year in sector-specific plans and the action plan to peak carbon emissions by 2030.、Um, you know, 2060. Does sound pretty far away, but if you think about the massive tasks and goals, you have to achieve a lot during each five-year period. Without further guardrails, reaching peak carbon emissions will continue to be an admirable and difficult objective. All right, another excellent roundup from Shanghai. Again, Melinda Xu is our chief representative in Shanghai. China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council, and you can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review. It will help other people find it. And as always, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week.